so we are so excited. Uh, we are here to finally give our thoughts and talk about uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi and everything. It was, it's been a little crazy and it's kind of a, a movie that you want to stew on a little bit and think about a little bit, I think. And so uh, Abby and Jeremy, my Star Wars buddies, are here and we are going to talk about it. And if, you, if you're new to the podcast, we, uh, it was the very first podcast I ever did that we reviewed leading up to The Force Awakens, all of the Star Wars films, and uh, it talked about them. And then we did Rogue One, we did Force Awakens, we did Rogue One, and now we're uh, doing this. So uh, we have a bunch, I'll put a link down to the playlist, you can uh, listen to all of the uh, analysis that we've done over over the years it's crazy it's been a long time <laughs> thing I want to talk about is just sort of before we dive into the plot and this will be a spoiler heavy podcast hopefully everybody's seen it but if you haven't seen it then stop listening and go see it and then listen because <laughs> we will be <laughs> revealing spoilers and so the first thing I want to do is just talk about sort of your overall response and, and then we'll get into the nitty gritty. I walked out of the movie the first time I saw it. Kind of mixed on it. Like I liked it. I was entertained. Um, but there were some things that I didn't like. And that I wouldn't have done. And overall I, I did feel like it was a little bit too long. It was a little. I was a little. Um, and there's just some things I didn't. I didn't love it like I wanted to love it. And that I loved The Force Awakens. But I, I was entertained enough. <laughs> Again today for the second time. And I pretty much feel the same way. I have issues and we'll, we'll dive into some of those things that I didn't love. But overall, it's fine. I don't love it, but it's fine. It's certainly not the worst Star Wars movie. And I think I was helped a little bit by the fact that I didn't like Rogue One very much. Like I was pretty disappointed in Rogue One. And so for this one, like, your hopes you know, weren't too high for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so anyway, we'll go into some of the things that I, I didn't love. Uh, but um, but there was a lot that I did like, especially Kylo and, and Rey. I loved them. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it, especially on the first watch. I will say there were definitely some moments of drag. Mm-hmm. Like... When I walk into a Star Wars movie and see it for the first time, I shouldn't ever want to look down at my watch or my phone and see what time it is. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of times when I did that. Mm-hmm. Or when I wanted to. I don't know if I actually did or not. But, um, like, that's just a bad sign when you're thinking about how long has this been so far and how long is left? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, there were definitely some moments that made me cheer. Mm-hmm. And I really liked, um, really liked Mark Hamill in this, and I liked Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, yeah, I was entertained by it. I enjoyed it. Um, is it a perfect movie? No, uh, I'd say it's pretty middle of the pa- of the pack for me as far as like the Star Wars movies go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, you are allowed in this day and age to have a middle-of-the-road opinion. People act like you're not. You have to either, like, uh-huh. hate it. it's the worst thing ever or it's, like, the greatest thing. 
Yeah. <laughs> you're either a total fanboy or you're a troll and you hate yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I was really apprehensive about spoilers with this as I was with, you know, have been with any Star Wars movie. Um, but, uh, you know, and, but I did watch all the trailers, you know, the official trailers. And, and the one thing that people had people who saw it before I did, they were like, you know, in the trailer, when it when Luke says this is not going to go the way you think, um, that that really sums up the movie. That that was kind of my first takeaway walking out of it was, wow, like I don't, I'm not sure what I just saw, but um, I did have the takeaway like it was awesome. I really enjoyed it, um, but it's not anything. You know, from the moment Luke flips the lightsaber over the edge of the cliff, I'm just like, oh, this is. <laughs> you know, I don't know what's going on here, but. I actually really enjoyed most of the ride. Um, I did think Act Two, um, especially the Canto Bite, um, was uh, too long um, and and drugged too far for me. And, you know, um, but uh, overall, I really enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the surprises and the mystery and and just the, uh, you know, I thought it was actually kind of a neat response to uh, the people who really didn't like Force Awakens because uh they said it was you know just a reproduction of all these you know star wars tropes and um now here's one that kind of takes star wars and and sets it on its ear and uh now you have everybody upset that it's not star wars enough so i thought it was kind of interesting those two um but overall i i really liked it it, it did, does have its flaws but um i uh, i enjoyed the movie cool yeah so we're all we all enjoyed it to some level or another uh one of the things that i walked out of it saying is that i feel like with last jedi that star wars has 100 percent embraced fantasy there used to be like a debate between is it sci-fi is it fantasy is it sci-fi fantasy and in my opinion the last jedi is fantasy like all fantasy and uh there were just so many things about it that to me just seemed in the world building and the mythos and the way that they've decided to embrace the force and some of the other things that to me this is very similar to like i don't know to your like fantasy franchises i never thought it wasn't fantasy like i feel like it was 100 percent fantasy from the very first episode yeah from episode four which was the very first movie see i always felt like it was sort of a um a space adventure like a and so i guess in that sense it sort of seemed sci-fi to me with the aliens and with the you know like i like star wars the best when it's like a pulpy space adventure when you were like cheering and like Mm -hmm. and that's why new hope was always my favorite for 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 forever the original star wars because it's just Uh it's this kind of it's a, it's a, like a western but it's in space <laughs> and um and that's the the same with force awakens is the same as far as that field just like a pulpy space adventure and that's what i like the best and so when it gets into sort of this more like mythos and like this more sort of fantasy feel of it it, it starts to lose me a little bit but i'm not saying it's bad it's just I've I've always ever since I was a little girl struggled with with really really strong fantasy things like mm-hmm. uh, it took me a long time to warm up to Lord of the Rings things like that uh, is is just hard for me to relate to 
And um, I don't know. Uh, what do you think about that, Jeremy? Um, you know, I, I, I guess I can see where you're coming from. I never really thought about it. Um, it, it does, it is delving into new, you know, ways to look at the force and new force abilities that we really hadn't seen, um, at least in the movies. Um, and I kind of, I, I get what you're, what you're saying. And, and I see, you know, there is kind of that, is it the sci-fi to fantasy spectrum? Um, I really don't have a problem with where it's going, but I have been exposed to a lot more of the universe, I guess, through, through some of the video games, you know, mm -hmm. I played the Knights of the Old Republic games had a lot of, you know, there were probably 30 or so force powers that you could get in those games. And so, there's just a, a uh. kind of a wide range out there. And so I, maybe it just prepared me to be a little more open for that kind of thing. Mm, interesting. Okay, cool. So we get the start of this movie. You have um, Poe is leading this uh, group, the resistance, um, attacking uh, the, the, um, uh, the first order. And he decides that he wants to take down this dreadnought, uh, but Leia tells him not to, and to go and to come back. Uh, but he is—he decides to go ahead and do this, and they end up losing all of their bombers in this. But they do take out the dreadnought, and uh, so Poe gets demoted by Leia. You have this interchange between the two of them, and how did you feel about that? Abby, well, um, I thought it was, I thought that worked. Like I actually thought it was interesting and different mm -hmm. to bring down, kind of bring down a notch, the, uh, cocky hero type. Mm -hmm. And I, I agree with you. I, I, I think that it was an interesting, interesting. I don't think we've seen, maybe you could claim that Anakin was sort of scolded in that way by mm -hmm. Obi-Wan. But other than that, I can't really think of an example that was similar to this. Yeah, um, it's sort of a new, a dynamic we haven't seen a lot. Mm -hmm. And I, I appreciated that it was different and that instead of, you know, just having this one note of, oh, hail the conquering hero, we see a little bit more realistic view of it. Um, you know, sometimes doing the thing that looks most heroic isn't the right choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't really want to admit how many hours of uh, reading and, and watching YouTube videos I have done regarding this movie, but um, <laughs> I've, I've learned a lot about uh, what Ryan Johnson and, and his team were, were trying to do. And, and one thing they did going into the writing was they wanted to look at every main character and try to find what would be the hardest thing for them to deal with. And uh, so looking at Poe specifically, it's that idea like he is the ultimate cowboy and, and flyboy and he's great at what he does, but that's not, I mean, he, he had to learn, you know, the ability to, res to restrain that and, and to follow leaderships and, and to become a leader because that just being great at uh, a great pilot and a great fighter isn't, the only part of leadership and and so having him go up against leia and um you know kind of the established uh leadership you know this really did knock him down a peg and and he had this huge lesson to learn from it. i really 
enjoyed that growth, but then mm-hmm. they kind of did a similar thing for each character. Um, and as we mm-hmm. go through, I'm sure we'll touch on that, but I really appreciated how much uh, each character had to kind of struggle uh, in this. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I'll be curious to hear more of that. So the the First Order ends up uh, attacking the bridge of the ship and Leia ends up getting sucked into space. And, <laughs> and she uses the Force to draw herself back to the ship. And I was not a fan of this both times. I thought it looked really cheesy. I thought it was dumb. And yeah, I get it. Leia's like super awesome. Like I love her, but like, I don't know. I just thought it looked dumb. (laughs) And like, to me, uh, the force is more interesting when it's something that's similar to something that's a spiritual power rather than a superpower. And I feel like in the original movies, it was more, this is just my interpretation. It was, I always thought as more of sort of a priesthood, you know, the kind of power in the, you know, in the Bible that Moses is parting the Red Sea and things like that, like a power that you had to have that calling and you had to get to be a Jedi and you had to learn how to use it and all this stuff. And, and so for, for Leia, who's amazing for the force to all of a sudden allow her to breathe in space to bring herself back to 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 you know pull herself back um i just i don't know i just didn't like it and maybe i would have liked it if it had been done more convincingly and i didn't think it looked so silly maybe but i didn't like it i think you're reading more into how how much force she was using there mm-hmm. than they intended maybe because I didn't get from it that she was breathing in space at all. But how could I she survive from it that, in a vacuum? You die if you're in space without a helmet. I agree with that, but she wasn't necessarily breathing. Like, you don't die the instant you stop breathing, you know. So she was, like, holding huh. her breath that whole time, you think? Well, yeah. I think that would make sense. You can live without oxygen for a minute or two. Um... But like, I just think I just think it was stupid because like I don't think she was using the force to keep herself alive. Mm-hmm. I think they just did a crappy job of depicting what happens to a person in space. <laughs> that could be fair. It could be fair. I, I I'd be willing to <laughs> go there. So I don't see the force as any more a superpower with her than it was with Luke or with Ray. Mm-hmm. I mean, they both did force stuff before they really had the training. Mm-hmm. um and we've Fair. seen previously that leia does have the force like that's been, been evident since early on we've we've seen that she's ha- certainly force sensitive as far as uh intuition and things like that mm-hmm. um but we've never seen her actually like in battle or 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 using the force right. in some way we just i mean it was pretty clear though that she was force sensitive yeah. And there's no reason that someone who's force sensitive can't use that. No, mm-hmm. I just and I appreciate. Like, I actually appreciate yeah. it that they gave her a moment of using the force. Mm-hmm. I just think the way they did it was kind of dumb. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. I'll I will concede the point on that. It, it, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll do that. Like 
I, I think that uh, the other problem that I have with the scene is that it basically incapacitates her for a large section of this movie and you get General uh, Admiral Holdo, who I didn't like, and I felt like she had all these moments that I wish Leia had had. I agree. And, and so that I was agree. frustrating to me that you know she should have been the one having these conversations with with poe dameron she should have been the one making these choices especially when it's dealing with her son like that and so mm. i i thought that was a really strange choice and and i honestly i thought that holdo's dialogue was kind of prequelish i thought it was sort of clunky and just not great and larger's a good actor but i don't know so that was the other sort of problem attached with this whole whole situation <laughs> Yeah, I uh, so I I agree on the, a lot of what you guys are saying. I, I, you know, I don't mind that Leia was able to uh, utilize the Force in this time of need. Uh, we're going to cross universes here, but I kind of liken it to, you know, um, Harry Potter. You know, when uh, when uh, Hagrid's telling him he's a wizard, and 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 he's like, "What? What do you mean?" And he's like, "Well, haven't you ever made anything happen that you didn't mean to?" You know um and so i just kind of see it like that like you know um she's got this power and in this moment of need she was able to harness it and it, no it's not trained but it was just kind of a very basic and and you're out in space you don't need much force to get anything to move um you know uh so but then the the holdo thing um i think it comes back to what poe had to learn and you saw in the scene when when they're announcing that Leia is incapacitated and that and they're about to announce who's going to replace her as leader. The camera's on Poe and he is just ready to stand up and say, "Yep, it's me. Thank you. I'll I'll lead us to victory." Um, and then they announce it's Holdo, and this is I believe that it was written this way and it went to Holdo because it was Poe's struggle in this was. You know, he's ne you know, yes, he defied Leia directly in the opening scene, but he wouldn't have maintained that. Like, once he's back in the room with her, it's Princess Leia. Um, but he would absolutely mutiny against Holdo, and I think that was the whole reason. Like, that was part of his arc and why they why they wrote Leia out of the middle. Do you I guess that makes sense, but I would still way rather have more Leia than some other random lady that we only get to see briefly. Yeah agreed um <clears throat> i can see the point but i agree so do you agree with holdo's strategy though like of just sort of waiting and waiting and waiting and like the like i i was sort of frustrated with her i'm like what's your plan like when when poe's like what's your plan i'm like yes what's your plan like you're just waiting waiting for the gas to run out i guess like i didn't understand what she was trying to do well, I, I think they tried to, you know, it was just kind of a contrivance um, there where she could have just told, you know, they could have just shared, yes, there's an old rebel base that we're trying to get to and we'll use the escape pods cloaked, you know, to get there without them noticing. Like they could have shared that with everybody at the beginning and then there wouldn't have been this kind of fake uh, thing like there's no plan. Um, mm -hmm. So I really felt like it really just came down to, not sharing it and i don't know why they chose to do that whether the writers or holdo herself yeah because it forces poe to to create this second plan with 
uh, with Finn and BB-8 and Rose to go to this planet uh, that Maz Kanata tells them to find this code hacker that, because their goal is to try to, their plan is to try to take down the tracker that's in one of the ships long enough so that they can leave without being, without being noticed by the first order. So they go down and uh, the, what did you think of, what did you think of Rose, Finn and Rose, first of all, and what did you think of this plan? Okay. So I really liked Finn and Rose at first. Mm -hmm. Um, And they got really old really fast. Yeah. Um, This movie so I do want to mention like some of the feminism in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite Finn and Rose moment is this really sort of, it's sort of a subtle feminist moment where uh, Finn is explaining the plan to Poe and Rose is right there. And um she tries to, you know, take over explaining at some point and she kind of gets shut down. The guys talk over her and then she powers through and speaks up and, um, you know, takes control of the conversation from Finn, which I thought was kind of awesome. But then there were other parts of the movie that I felt like they were just trying to hit us over the head with feminism yeah, not like, even just oh, feminism. the female general is being replaced by another female re- general who also has purple hair because right. she's the lady. <laughs> feminism. <laughs> well, not even just feminism, but other social issues too, like uh-huh. I, uh, like the the animal rights kind of thing was just felt really weird. Like that's never been. I guess you could maybe make an argument. That there's been some of that in the prequels, but like, but it was more sort of like broad social messaging not uh-huh. like a specific issue like that that was weird. yeah that's true that was really weird and so yeah and <clears throat> it seems like uh i guess i don't know it seems like surely moss could have given them more information about this guy uh and help them a little bit more you know right i mean and how the heck would she know that he has like a a pin being on his lapel <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's pretty i mean she can't tell him the name uh, the, do you know what the you know when maz kanata is like giving them instructions yeah it feels like um a video game when you're like in one of these adventure video games when yeah. there's a video that gives you the instruction yeah. for your next quest that's what it felt like. <laughs> it's true. That's a good point. It sort of did feel like in, in the, the recent Jumanji movie that, that you'd have these characters and they could literally only say like two lines because that was their line in the game. And uh, they kept trying to ask them more questions. They'd be like, so you're, you're, you like monkeys or whatever. I don't know. They had like one line that they could say. That's, that's funny. Yeah. That's- Favorite thing about the whole Rose and thin thing was the kids and that whole kid thing i thought that was really cool really sweet and like kind of got back to sort of the heart of star wars is is inspiring children i really liked that part of this movie and sort of that part of this plot line i thought was good yeah i agree i didn't have a problem with finn and rose um Actually, they kind of grew on me as they went, but uh, again, the canobite went way too long. 
Um, and I don't know, um, I don't know what you do with that, but um, I also heard that the initial script was for uh, Poe and Finn to do that mission. And I kind of wonder if I would have enjoyed that a little bit more. Um, mm -hmm. They might've avoided some of the um, other social issues, you know, the animal rights thing that felt a little shoehorned in and, mm -hmm. um, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't mind Finn and Rose and I, I liked uh, Rose's thing at the end. Uh, you know, that the message when she stopped him from, uh, you know, doing the self-sacrifice and, and uh, you know, I, I, I did like their arc together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought that she, when I first saw it, I thought that she died at the end. But uh, I guess the second time I was like, oh, I guess she's not dead. Okay. So I, I hope guess she's not dead because otherwise they would have spent a whole lot of time on her. Right. For a whole lot of nothing. Like... We need right. some payout on this character because mm -hmm. too yeah. much time was invested in her in this movie if she's good, just going to die. Because really her only role is to like kind of be the cheerleader for Finn like in this mm -hmm. like you know to get him to stop making stupid choices is, is her role which isn't really yeah, that empowering when you think about it. It's really not. And yeah. you know um, it's just frustrating because like like you said, um, if they had just disclosed the plan to go to this other planet, this whole conflict and line in the movie would have dissolved. Mm -hmm. And if your entire, if you have, they had two conflicts in this movie that leaned entirely on the fact that, um, I don't remember the name of What's-Her-Face's character, the purple-haired lady. Holdo. Holdo. If... If Holdo, like, you can't have two major conflicts in the movie leaning on the fact that Holdo won't open her mouth and tell people what the plan is for no good reason. Right. Like, that's just too weak. Yeah, agreed. I agree. So, okay. So, at the same time all this is happening, we have Ray and Chewbacca uh, R2-D2 are on at this, uh, they're on Octu, this island, and they've come to recruit Luke. That's what we, you know, saw at the end of Force Awakens. And a lot of people, I think, were upset about this movie because it did sort of, like, it, it, it cut off a lot of the sort of mystery and the other things that, in, in the, from Force Awakens, in really weird ways. And I'm not saying that's, I don't see that as necessarily a bad thing, but it's definitely like, it was definitely really surprising, <laughs> the yeah. choices that they made uh, with the sort of the, the questions of Force Awakens. And so I know you said you liked Luke a lot. Um, I was, I'm mixed on Luke. Uh, when I first saw it, I said in my review that I said, I said, uh, Luke is a confusing character in this film. Much like Saw Gerrera in Rogue One, I felt the screenplay couldn't quite decide if he was a monster or a hero. It swung a lot, which was more frustrating than intriguing. Mark Hamill is up for the challenge of the role and does a great job, but it was confusing. So that's kind of how I felt. And on a second viewing, I guess like the thing for me is that you can say that, yes, he has been changed through all the events of his life, 
But like, I kind of feel like people don't change that much. Like if I go home and like, I'm hanging out with my friends from high school, we're going to, we're going to click and be basically the same, even though we've had all these different experiences. Like we're still the same people. And the core of who Luke was, was somebody who was loyal to his friends above all. And he saw the good in even Darth Vader and he fought for that. And so the idea that Luke Skywalker would hide himself away from all his friends and that he would even contemplate killing Ben Solo to me was very hard to believe. I don't know. I, uh, I didn't find that hard to buy at all. Um, cause I don't know. Think about what he's been through. So like you compare like, okay, if I went to my high school reunion and saw my friends from high school, but like, what if you add another, you know, 10 or 15 years and add some like really significant trauma to that? Mm -hmm. You might not be as recognizable in your personality as you think, like, Trauma does crazy things to people. It really can completely change their personality. And it can change, I mean, like, it just makes a really big difference whether you've, what, what experiences you've had in those years makes a bigger difference. It's not the same as like, oh yeah, well, I had a baby and I, you know, had my career and, you know, I lost some people that I loved and made some new friends and whatever. That's normal life stuff. So what did that's you... 95% of what you and your friends would have experienced. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, what did you like about this, uh, this version of Luke? What, what drew, drew you to it? I liked that he was snarky. Mm -hmm. I appreciated that. And I also liked that, like, I didn't see him at like Saw Guerrero where he was just like swinging from, hero to crazy man all mm -hmm. the time i saw it as like he was really had some complex inner conflict going on um because there is that part of him that's super loyal and wants to see the good but he's been totally it's like he was disillusioned it's like he totally lost his um his spark Mm -hmm. for uh being a jedi what do you think jeremy well i uh i i do i i'll echo the uh you know i i feel like this is mark hamill's best representation of luke um just it was a, an amazing performance um i uh so overall you know where is luke right now you know he I actually do buy it. I, I buy that he shuts himself off from the force, that he has intentionally secluded himself, you know, because he he's uh, kind of, I don't know, all or nothing, you know, and he put his entire heart into this. Once he decided to commit and, and, and went with Obi-Wan, you know, from Tatooine in the beginning, you know, he was all in and, um, you know, he bought into it. And then when it, when that was all over, um, you know, he 
trains a whole new generation of Jedi because that's the right thing to do. And I think Luke's, you know, that was his mantra was, I'm going to, it's the right thing to do. I'm going to do it. And, and yes, there's good in him. I'm going to save him. And, and he lived like that. And then, you know, you have the, everything falls apart and crumbles. You know, his most gifted student is so full of the dark side that it terrifies him and he panics, you know, and then, you know, the whole thing is crumbled and, and falls and, and he has no idea what to do, except that now he's completely lost his nephew. He does, you know, and, and he comes to this realization that, if there were no Jedi, then the Sith wouldn't rise, the evil wouldn't be there. And, and then if he hadn't trained anyone, Kylo would not have, you know, become, you know, Ben wouldn't have become Kylo. And I think he just sees that if, again, as uh, Snoke had said, you know, darkness rises and light to meet it or uh, the opposite, I can't remember. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know it's like okay well if we take away the one then the other is going to have no no reason to rise either and he just completely shuts out and feels like that's the right thing to do now and so um i i get it and i see it as a as a progression of that person who has gone through this loss and suffering and sees that it's all because he tried to resurrect this and build a temple and and have students and and that that's why there's so much darkness in the galaxy i think he blames himself for kylo he blames himself for the first order for snoke being so powerful right now he blames himself for all of it and he felt like the only way to make it right was to get out and and get away and have no more part of it mm -hmm. is it surprising that this it seemed like this was the first time that yoda had visited him to me did it feel that way to you? Because it seemed like like he would be getting visitors all the time by like by by like Anakin and by uh, by Obi Wan and trying to kind of help him through this. Yes, no. I well, I assumed I, it was because he was like shutting himself off to the Force. Mm -hmm. I think he would have had to have been like not shutting it out to be able to even have that happen. But I don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah, I, I would I would agree. I, I would think it would be, um, you know, maybe back when he had the temple and, and he's training his students that he may have had more of that um, kind of back and forth discourse with kind of the force ghosts. Um, but I think once he decided to shut himself off completely, he may have been unreachable. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know, you know, what that's like, of course, you know, can a force ghost disappear to somebody who doesn't have a connection or doesn't want that connection maybe he could have even had some way to block it um but it did seem like it was definitely the first time you know if he was conversing okay. with yoda back when he had a temple of his own and and the his academy um i don't think he had any connection prior to that on octu mm, interesting okay uh so let's get to the my favorite part of this movie by far. So Ray starts this training and she starts having these moments with Kylo Ren. And if you had told me that my favorite thing about the movie would be Kylo Ren and Ray before I saw it, I would have said you were crazy. I'm like, no, Ray can't have this with Kylo, <laughs> but like he killed Han Solo. How could that be? But it, 
was it was so good to me i thought they had such chemistry i thought there was it was just like palpable it was hot it was very very good and i just thought i'm so intrigued to see where it goes next because the episodes have always been about the skywalker family and i know they've sort of stepped a little bit away from that but i would be pretty bummed out if the final in this series of six episodes if it ends with the last remaining skywalker being the supreme high ruler evil whatever they call him i would be pretty annoyed by that and so i feel like all of this connection between ray and kylo something's gonna happen in this next one with the two of them i don't think that's done i don't think that's over i hope you're right yeah what do you guys would did you like that as much as i did or did you enjoy that i'm i'm not a huge fan of raylo okay Uh, they uh you know i i didn't mind i don't mind the uh the connection and and you know kind of experimenting with that uh bit of the force um I just don't see them together. I, I don't know what it is. And uh-huh. and maybe it's not like a like a couple thing, but uh in the end, um I I'd actually be okay with the Skywalker line um and ending badly. I'm okay with that. Um uh, what I what I think the direction they're going is that um, you know, like they show the little boy at the end of the movie and and kind of implying that, you know the force is going to raise up, you know, kids and, and new, like this new generation, um, you know, there's always going to be more force sensitive kids who are going to kind of find their way to that light and, and uh, fight for what's right, because they're going to be inspired, you know, by the legend of Luke, and they're going to be inspired by Ray. And, um, but I, I actually see Ray as the first, I, and this is all, you know, my conjecture at this point, I don't, I think, uh, Kylo was absolutely right and she really is the the daughter of nobodies and she's kind of that first example of the force you know like the force awakens okay uh-huh. it's awakening and it's actually um, kind of awakening in uh, kind of a new generation who are not tied to the Skywalkers who and it's just to show that the force will raise up who it needs to to create the balance that it needs and uh, that's kind of the direction I see it going. And it, and I'm kind of okay, like I said, if it ends up being that Kylo stays evil and uh, ends up just getting taken down by Ray and, you know, like this newer generation moving on. Interesting. I agree that I, I don't care if the Kylo Ray thing turns romantic at all. Um, I do want to see more of the two of them because i think that connection was just really cool mm-hmm. and i think it's a more it's a much more um i think these movies deal much more in the gray areas in between light and dark in between right and wrong and good and bad um where you know when you watch the seasons or <laughs> seasons episodes four through six it's very clear you know there's right and there's wrong Mm -hmm. and it's almost like fairy tale-ish in that aspect Mm -hmm. um but i think 
it feels like the the complexity is growing up with the audience and um you know ray is drawn toward the dark and kylo is drawn toward the light and they're kind of yeah that's what's interesting yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I just think it would be such a cool thing. I mean, if you think about episode one, starting, you know, starting out with Anakin becoming and then going into him becoming Darth Vader and then like to end the whole, this whole thing, the whole Skywalker saga to end with Kylo Ren becoming redeemed in the end. I think that would be so like, it would just like make everything fit and work and it would be really cool to me and i i just i think i, I just thought they had such chemistry and was so i just oh it was so good to me i just loved it all those scenes that they were together um whether it was they were actually physically together or whether they were like spiritually together or whatever right force projecting themselves or whatever that completely worked for me i loved it i really did appreciate was that uh, Ray ended up in the movie having the same opportunity that Luke did, um, where Luke sensed the darkened Kylo and had an opportunity to kill him. Um, Ray woke up first after their battle, and so presumably she could have just killed Kylo before he woke up and been done with him, but instead she just leaves, you know, and so she. We didn't see that on screen, but she had to have this moment where I could really, you know, I could rid the world of this evil. I know he's he's choosing dark and he, he you know, just wants to take over, uh, but she didn't. Do you, do you think that there's a chance that uh, Kylo is an unreliable narrator as far as her parents? I think, I think that chance, chance exists. But we we actually discussed this right after seeing it, like within the next day or so. Um, you know, because people mm-hmm. were like, oh, it's settled. Ray is nobody. And I was like, well, you know, Kylo Ren is kind of a big fat liar. Like, he had his own interests there. He wasn't necessarily telling the truth. But we agree, I think, didn't we, Jeremy, that we're pretty sure that's probably the case. And I actually, I kind of hope that, well, I, yes, he could be an unreliable narrator, but I kind of hope he's right. Um, because again, I, I think it almost diminishes Ray if we find out that she does have, you know, it's like, oh, is she a Palpatine? Is she a Kenobi? You know, I, I don't think you need that. And, and I really feel that the, especially with this movie framing it, that that's the direction it's going is, you don't have to be part of any particular bloodline or lineage if if the for like the force can be strong in you um if it's the will of the force that you uh you know you kind of rise up to that role um and it's almost again you mentioned priesthood like the bible you know it's almost like a calling you know that you you know you can fulfill this um and it doesn't matter who your parents were yeah, it just seems like a little late in the game to me to all. The, I would just I I would be disappointed for me if if we end up with the Skywalkers being bad. Uh, th- that would be very disappointing to me. But uh, I can see your point too. So we'll just have to see how it's executed. I've I have a ton of faith in JJ. I'm not one of those people that was like, 
oh, why did they pick J.J. Abrams? And that was so funny to me because when they picked J.J. Abrams to the next one, there were all these people who were like, why didn't you pick Ryan Johnson? He's the greatest, you know? And then, of course, as soon as they see the movie, they're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) J.J. Abrams doesn't look too bad, huh, right? Right. (laughs) So to me, The Force Awakens hit just the right balance of drawing in themes and things from the old yeah with creating a new aesthetic and a new story and new characters that we love right this one i felt like definitely and that was a probably the biggest criticism of force awakens was it's too much like the old ones yeah you did hear that a lot this movie goes farther away and I think, on the whole, we can all agree, it's a lot less good. Right. So I'm hoping that this, this third one um, will draw back in that redemption theme. Yeah. Because I feel like that's kind of the whole point of the whole episodes four through six. That's mm-hmm. the whole point of even episodes one through six. That's mm-hmm. the whole point. Right. is that there's always hope there's always redemption um you can always turn around and and become the good you know and yeah. so i'm really hoping we see that theme in one form or another in the next movie i don't know if i care whether or not that comes through the skywalkers mm-hmm. that seems the most likely place for it to come mm-hmm. But I want to see it. I want it to be there. I did. You feel it wasn't there in this movie? The hope. No, the uh, the theme of redemption. No, it wasn't. But like, if you look at episodes four through six, you don't see that theme of redemption until the end, and then you realize, oh, that's like the theme of the entire mm-hmm. trilogy. Right. I see what you're saying. I mean, there's a little bit with sort of the ending with Luke. You could take that way. But I don't know. It wasn't quite... It didn't quite do it for me just because I had been so sort of not in love with his portrayal, I guess. Maybe as part of it. But they tried to do a little bit. But I agree with you that I think that JJ is the perfect guy to kind of put this whole package together again. I mean, it's tough. Uh-huh. Like he's got a very hard job ahead of him, but I think he's up for the task. I trust him. I think yeah. he's going to do a good job. The, they finally find the code breaker code track or whatever. And it ends up being Benicio del Toro. And that ended up being, I thought a complete waste. I don't know why they had, he's an Oscar winning actor. Why the heck do you need? Like, I thought that he was going to do a whole lot more. And I don't know. Like, I just, I feel like there was, there's going to be additional scenes on the Blu-ray or something like that with him. Cause yeah, that was weird. I thought. And, um, but anyway, he ends up being a, a, a crook and, and then you have, uh, Phasma, um, fighting, uh, Finn and BB eight riding, driving the, um, uh, the ATAT thing. And, yeah. uh, I don't know, like, I, I, this is where I think Star Wars fans can be really stupid, because the, 
the i've heard people criticize a lot criticize phasma oh she's so poorly used whatever and i'm not saying she's not poorly used but how do people put bubba fett on some kind of pedestal they want a whole bubba fett movie to be made and you're going to tell me that he's that much better than phasma come on and they, they, they elevate everything in those original movies as if it's perfect and like the, the dialogue is perfect and all the, the special effects are perfect and blah, 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 are all perfect. And it's not, it's not perfect. Like the acting's not that great. The, uh, I mean, I love those movies, but I, I feel like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I love them honestly. <laughs> well, I feel like the problem, I think the, a lot of the problem is these people who are criticizing it, our age demographic, like, is the is the demographic for this movie right. if we're being honest like right. this is for us but we have the original movies completely tainted with nostalgia right and so when we were when they were kids they thought all those things were perfect and amazing and they can't see past the nostalgia of it to see that maybe it was a little more flawed than they thought. Yeah. Willow and Ray are there with Snoke, and uh, and they're you know talking and stuff, and and Kylo ends up using the Force to 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 stab the lightsaber through Snoke's through Snoke, killing him, and then there's this epic battle between it's 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 got to be the best lightsaber fight in all of star wars it's so good between uh, kylo ray and these guards and my favorite thing in the whole world is all of these videos where people put it to different music it's so funny to me i love it and (laughs) (laughs) i'm like obsessed with it and anyway i so that is awesome jeremy do you like that as much as i did did you think that was cool uh, so I actually do really enjoy the scene. Um, I uh, I don't. It's not. So I, yes, it's a lightsaber battle. Because but I the only downside I have is the lightsabers were only on one side of the battle. Mm-hmm. I think for me, if it, if it had been like if the guards had had lightsabers, um, then it would put it over the top for me. But I just didn't feel like. Mm. I don't know. But it was it was spectacularly shot. Um, I really enjoyed like just good choreographing too, and um, just you know it didn't feel like you know a lot of times in the prequels you know it felt too choreographed and too like too dance like, and yes. this didn't ever get there. It really felt real and gritty, and um, you had like a lot of different unique ways to die, mm-hmm. um, and some unique play between. Kylo and Ray to work together and I really I, I did really enjoy the scene um it was it was a really great scene so uh my favorite moment one of my favorite moments in the movie is the moment that Kylo Ren kills Snoke I just thought that was so beautifully done like I cheered and I was the only people person in this packed theater that cheered because mm. I'm crazy apparently <laughs> I thought it was a really crazy cool lady cheering by herself in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> I was surprised, so, genuinely surprised. I, it took me off guard. Yeah, I think, yeah. And I think that, that's another, like, it's symbolic of 
kind of what Ryan Johnson did to what, like after Force Awakens, everybody's been, you know, like, you know, it left so many questions. Everybody's been like trying to find answers for two years, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, what's this? What's this theory? And, and who's Snoke? And, and what's all mm-hmm. this? And, and like, and, and what's Ray, do, what does Luke do is when, when Ray hands him the lightsaber and, and he just kind of takes everything that you've been thinking about and, and made it so nobody was right. And that, I think that's what's got everybody pissed off is like, mm-hmm. who's Snoke? Oh, it's going to be this guy and this guy and this guy. <clears throat> oh, he's dead. Um, so it doesn't matter. And, you know, um, and when you think about it in the original movies, the only reason we know so much about the emperor is because of the prequels now. But if you think about it as those original three movies, he was just kind of a sniveling bad guy, powerful bad guy. Like we didn't really know a whole lot about, about the stupid looking guards. Which ones did you, you didn't like the red, the red ones. The re- they looked so stupid. <laughs> they looked like they were out of like the 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah, I liked those rope things though. Those are kind of cool. Rope thing. They they had like a it was like a rope lightsaber that they were oh, like. Oh yeah, fighting. those were kind of cool. Yeah, that was cool. That's some interesting like weapons and stuff. It was yeah. just their their costumes, and it made no sense. Like, why wouldn't there just be stormtroopers in there? Why does he have special stupidly dressed <laughs> guards yeah i could see i don't get I mean. that i guess they just really wanted to add that red you know apparently uh, apparently <laughs> you end up having on this salt planet you have ray uh well ray ends up joining them with the with the falcon you have uh the the rest of the sort of crew you have leia there and uh that that's when we end up seeing and there's these weird crystal dogs. Did you like those dogs? The kids loved those things. Yeah. I didn't care one way or the other. Did I you liked like them. them. I think I, I liked them on first viewing. Did you like the porgs? Oh yeah. So I liked the porgs, uh, and I liked them even more when I found out why they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the island had a lot of indigenous birds, and I can't remember which one. But, Kiwi birds. Um, yeah, and they, they actually had to put, they had to find some way to cover up all the birds out of the filming, and so they created the porgs. Mm, cool. I yeah. disliked the porgs until I found that out. I was like, these are stupid. There's no reason for them to be here. Uh-huh. And, but then when I found that out, I was like, okay, I'm more okay with them now. <laughs> they were cute. They were used, they weren't overused for me, so I was okay. I was okay with it. And yeah, the, the crystal dogs were sort of weird to me but it was fine it's not a big problem and i I mean i'd like sort of the creature designs of star wars it's always fun and anyway yeah you it's a good way to draw kids in too without Mm -hmm. making jar jar binks right yeah and you have you do have the scene like you were mentioned with finn charging the the atats and uh and then rose stopping him and uh yeah i mean i don't know uh it was it was fine i kind of felt a little bit like finn had gotten most of that sort of running away uh scary you know sort of the coward side of him kind of out in force awakens i was sort of surprised it seemed like he was kind of reverted back to where he had been in force awakens 
um, in this movie a little bit. Yeah, I, I guess I'd go yes and no. Uh, yes, he was he was trying to go for the escape pod, but he was going to try to find Ray. And so mm-hmm. I guess to me it was different. Like he's he's trying to save it's almost like what Rose was trying to do. You know, he he's he's just trying to save Ray and get her out of danger. Doesn't know where she is, but he knows that this fight is it's just gonna end up killing everybody. Um so so it's like he's sort of learned a bit from the first movie mm-hmm. um but they kind of treated it like he hadn't learned anything and i i didn't care for that i noticed that too yeah so uh luke shows up and <clears throat> uh, he and kylo have this this base off and we find out that he is this hologram thing and I don't know. I didn't love it. It wasn't my favorite. I, I, I just think it would have been really epic to have had Luke there. Luke, you know, this final battle between uh, between him and Kylo and really, like, making this sacrifice for the rebellion and really uh, inspiring others. And I kind of felt like I wish they had given Leia the ending that Luke got this peaceful, quiet. And of course they didn't know, you know, that she, that, that uh, Carrie Fisher was going to pass away, of course. Um, but there was a society me that, that was sort of wished there was some way that that could have happened and we could have done that. And I would have, I, I don't know that that's it. I just feel like, what are we, I feel like, what are they going to do? Because we know that she's not in the next one. There's no filming, no filming for the next one with her. And so it's just going to be in the, the crawl, I guess, which will be very anticlimactic and kind of, I know, agree. Yeah. I'm just, I know that, I know that obviously they couldn't have predicted that she was going to die, but didn't she die in time? I mean, it seems like they could have done something with it in post yeah you know what i mean yeah like Like, would have killed her and i would have i i was waiting for that almost like because you want to be able to say goodbye to your princess you know it's princess leia like i i I don't know i feel like they could have at least had like a funeral fire like they did with kwajan or something to like i don't know just something something like what they did with luke you know just sort of floating off like that like Mm -hmm. I I feel like I could have been okay with maybe with that CGI Even if they had or just taken out her um like how easy would it have been to have just taken out her like pod thingy that would have been too early in the movie I guess but something like that where it's like okay well you can blow something up that we that she know we know she's there right just and blow have- it up <laughs> you know I I don't know I it's tough I uh... If there's any director I, ch- I trust, it's J.J. Abrams, and uh, he'll find a way to do it right. Mm-hmm. I hope so. And I, you know, it, it, you know, if it ends up in the in the opening crawl, um, it, it just does. But I, I feel like he'll probably find a better way to do it than that. I hope so because I mean, it's sort of like uh, in the um, seventh Fast and the Furious movie. 
like because Paul Walker passed away in the middle of filming that, and they they were able to, through using doubles and I don't know all the different stuff that they the tools that they they created this just lovely like moment where he just sort of waves goodbye to everybody and it's just this great sweet moment and I just kind of wish that there had been something like that for if they they had been able and so hopefully they'll be they'll find some way whether it's like a funeral fire or something at the beginning of the next one to kind of say goodbye but um i don't know i just think it would have been really epic for for luke to have gone out as the hero martyr character that's going to inspire the rebellion and uh that but but then again maybe that truly does make kylo ren irredeemable if he's just killed luke and han solo i don't know yeah i uh i don't know see i i think luke did did go out that way though i felt um, that way too i don't even though he wasn't you know struck down in front of me, i i think that was the point is is uh had you know if he'd gone out there i believe kylo would have killed him and yes you you could have kind of the you relive the obi-wan from from uh you know a new hope um but uh, that's not what that's not what the galaxy needed you know they really needed and you see that in the kids at the end you know where they're recreating this scene with luke and and you know when luke just kind of offhand says this to to ray in training is like what do you want me to do like take on the empire with my little laser sword and and that's exactly the scene that we got and and you know he had that realization at some point like this is a way that I can do this. And, and the Jedi, this legend of the Jedi can live on and, and they can see that one Jedi can stand and hold back an entire army, this entire empire, and it cost him his life. And that's where I feel like it really did. Uh, you know, he did the sacrifice. Uh, but he wasn't really there. Like but it's, one guy it's, can't stand up to him because he wasn't really there. Like that's my struggle. Like, yeah, I, I'll, I just have to, uh, I, I actually really like the way that that went down. I, mm-hmm. I love that, uh, the way they did that. Mm-hmm. I actually really liked it too. I thought it was a really awesome twist. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you could say, well, yeah, he wasn't really there, but what he did still had a r- real impact mm-hmm. on both the, the, empire and on him interesting kind of the you know kind of a big thing he had to learn and and he kind of learned that through this is as he's talking to ray and ray is talking about this legend of luke skywalker and and he he's making fun of it like yeah i'm gonna go out there with my laser sword and everybody's gonna bow down and and i'm gonna win you know and it's like you know he's kind of tossing that aside like but then he kind of comes to the realization that yeah this you know the force is bigger than me and it's not about me. And I think that's the biggest thing Luke's had to figure out since he was a teenager is like, it's not about you. Um, it's about the force and it's way bigger than anybody. And, and if you mm-hmm. can just, you know, find what, what the force, you know, what's the will of the force and what's a way that you can, you know, save this situation there. And that's the biggest thing. He saves the rebellion. He stands up to the empire in an epic way. Um, and it, in the same you know breath he's making kylo look like an absolute fool and mm-hmm. i love that um, and he did need to redeem himself for the boneheaded move uh you know 
standing over Kylo with his lightsaber like an idiot. Yeah, agreed yeah. there. Yeah, he did. But uh, I feel like this really did redeem uh, his character in this in this movie. And he says that he says you were wrong on all all of your points. Like the resistance is not over. The Jedi are are. I am not the last Jedi. And then as soon as he says that, it immediately pans to Ray. So, Ray, lifting I think rocks. Yes, <laughs> lifting rocks. <laughs> I liked that part. That was funny. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then you see Ray with um, Ray and all of the the remaining Resistance on the Millennium Falcon heading to find the other Rebels. And how about that, that the entire resistance pits on that one ship? Crazy. And it's not a big ship. Right. Before we move yeah, on, please. Uh, I want to talk about actually my, uh, my least favorite part of the movie. Okay. Um, is actually the, the whole plot of the, you know, you have Snoke's ship and their whole Empire fleet is slowly following, uh, you know, the the Republic cruiser until it runs out of gas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they're just like, oh, well, there's nothing we can do because at this, they're faster than us and, and our short range fighters can't stay, stay close enough. So we're just going to follow until they run out of gas. I'm like, you still have hyperspeed. Like you can, you can go to hyperspace, land in front of them, blow them up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> Like, how does no, like, why are we just playing this game and letting it dry out? Like, you have this entire fleet. Have half of it go in front of them, half stay behind. Like, there are a million ways that they could just, you know, end this at any moment. And they just, you know, like, there, it just yeah. doesn't seem real to me that they would just follow this plan. And they try to, they try to, like, fudge that in the fact that, like, uh, General Hux is, like, completely incompetent. But it wasn't quite enough. I agree with you. I agree. He's, he's, I mean, yes, he is, but he's not that incompetent. I mean, he's gonna, he's gonna, he knows how to blow things up. That, that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, I just hated that. Um, oh, but I will say, on the other side, I loved the Holdo sacrifice um, and the uh, the jump to light speed into their ship, like, and and people, you know, online are like. Ew well, why didn't they see this coming? Like, nobody's ever done this before. Why hasn't anybody done this before? And, uh, you know, some of the speculation is, it, like, it's it's a known thing, but nobody, it's kind of taboo. Like, nobody mm. does it. It's just, it's just not done. And so even in the military, like, they're not preparing for that because nobody does that. Mm. Not really. I really liked that, too. I thought it was pretty epic. I just, I, you know what? I wish it was Leia. Uh, yeah, that's how I felt yeah. too. I agree with you. And I think had that you know had they uh, had they known that Carrie Fisher was going to die ahead of time, I think they would have rewritten that part at least yeah. and had her be the one. Yeah, um, that would be an epic way to go out. Yeah, because I think their thought was basically like Han Solo will die in the first one, Luke will die in the second one, Leia will die in the third one, and uh obviously that didn't work out unfortunately yeah should have considered the health status of all their actors <laughs> yeah everybody get a physical <laughs> <We need> a <laughs> potential life expectancy for each of you 
Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was kind of surprised that they didn't really introduce uh, a lot of new, uh, like they, they did have like a new droid, like at least like in Rogue One, they had a new droid. Um, I guess they had the, the black BB-8. Yeah. Yeah, the black BB fine, I guess. Yeah. I didn't and, need a new droid in this one. I like BB eight. He mm-hmm. carries it. He's so cute. And C three PO got it a, a bit of time more yeah. than in the last two. So all right. How do you guys feel about the Han Solo movie? Are you excited? Not excited? What are your thoughts? I'm pretty neutral on it. I, I gotta wait and see. I, it's for me. It's a wait and see mm-hmm. um, if if the uh, if the actor can. Uh, and I say the actor because I have literally not looked at anything about the movie yet. I'm waiting to see this new trailer. Yeah. And uh, but it's really going to come down to can he capture kind of that young Harrison Ford swagger mm-hmm. and and style and yeah, you know that's that's what's going to sell it for me. If they yeah. can find someone who does for Solo what Chris Pine does for Kirk, mm-hmm. I'll love it. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, thanks so much for joining and talking about this and this movie. And uh, where can people uh, find you? Uh, so you can find me um, at Jeremy underscore kid on Twitter. And you can find me at Abby underscore twid. Twid? (laughs) (laughs) Abby underscore kid on Twitter. Nice. Awesome. I'll have that all in the uh, description section. Definitely check out them on Twitter. And you can find me at SmellyLDSGirl on Twitter and Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and YouTube. So check that all out. And let us know your thoughts about all the different things that we talked about in the comment section, please. And, uh, and we uh, will look forward to the discussion. So uh, we will talk to you all again soon.